Theology Thursday live. So I cheat here. All right, so here we go. I got 12 minutes. And let me get if I can do it less time than that. All right, I want to do it. Um, give it justice. So. Limited atonement. Here we go. I have notes. Um, the limit of the atonement that we've talked about before, the atonement, the limit has nothing to do with the virtue or value of the atonement, but the term limited refers to the number of people who are atoned for. Where's, which page is it? Okay, the, it refers to the number of people who are atoned for. All right, so the atonement itself is sufficient for everyone, but only efficient for the elect. It's one of the little things we have. But it is, it's more than... Um, simply having to do with the number of people who are um, atoned for. Uh, the doctrine teaches that Christ did not atone for the sins of every single person, but only for the sins of the elect. Now, that's going to make sense in a minute. Um, if you stick with the idea, it's something that's hard to grasp. Not a, um, a logical problem, but it's just an um, emotional thing I think most people have. It just doesn't sound right, but it's scriptural, and then it makes complete sense. All right, so can Jesus, uh, can we say to somebody when we're have, talking to somebody in evangelism, can we say to them um, uh, that Jesus died for you? Can we go up a person that we don't know and say, Jesus died for you? Um, Jesus died for your sins. Well, yes and no, really. So um, in a good book, J.I. Packer, who passed away, died recently, um, Evangelism and the Sovereignty of God. Excellent book. If you want to know more about this, that's um should be required reading Evangelism and the Sovereignty of God by J.I. Packer. All right, so it, the answer is, can you say that? Well, no, because if Jesus died for them in the sense of paying for their sins, then they're going to heaven. So if Jesus paid for the sins of the world, then there's the it's been paid, so everybody goes to heaven. Um, so we don't know if a person that we're talking to um, is of the elect or not. We do know that Scripture teaches that not everyone will go to heaven. So there is um, a limit to the number of people who will go to heaven. And for the people who think that Jesus died for everybody, but then not everybody goes to heaven, then they're the ones that believe in limited atonement. They believe the actual atonement somehow didn't achieve the thing for which um, it was done. So... Um, we know that we see in the scriptures, Jesus says, not everybody who says to me, Lord, Lord, will get into heaven. It's those who do the will of the Father. So depart from me, you worker of unrighteousness. I never knew you. Uh, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. John chapter 3. But if by Jesus died for you, you mean that Jesus has provided a means for your salvation through his death and resurrection, then yeah, I mean, you can you can say it like that, and it, it wouldn't be wrong. But the problem is, it's confusing and imprecise language. So if you say tell somebody, you know, Jesus died for your sins, it's like, oh, that's good to know. I don't have to pay for them myself, okay? But if you just mean he died for you to, there's a, a, a sacrifice that's been provided for your sins that you can avail yourself to through faith, then yeah. But you see, it's, it's a confusing language, and it's imprecise language. Um, so the gospel calls to repent, to believe, to follow, to trust, all these things. Um, a, little, a little more than just trying to get somebody to say a prayer. Um, so uh, we have another issue. How am I to be saved? Um, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. Simple enough. 
Um, so that requires faith. Believe in the Lord. That means you have to have faith. So you're called to believe. You're called to have faith. Okay. How am I supposed to do that without faith? You know, how do I, it's the kind of the chicken and the egg thing. What comes first? You know, faith or me crying out for faith? Because you have to have faith, a little bit of faith to cry out. If you don't believe he exists, you're not crying out to anybody. Maybe you're just, by chance, you just happen to say, whatever, I'll put, oh, boom, he said the magic words. And you can see where it's like, you kind of have to have something to happen in you in your heart first. God God has to do something. Now, there's the, the idea of a cooperative effort, like God does some persuasion, like like we do with people, we're persuading them, but then the Holy Spirit comes in, maybe he persuades a little bit more, and then, you know, it's like, how much persuasion does the Holy Spirit do, you know, to people, and then they finally cooperate with that, and it's called a, a um, it's, it's, oh, monergistic is alone, but cooperation, I can't remember the word for that. So, um, yeah, so... You know, it's 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 the persuasion just isn't going to work because of what we're going to see in just a minute. That because um, you had to have faith before you can cry out with faith, and then faith is a gift freely given, lest anyone should boast. So we had to think about that. And I know because I grew up with this idea and being told that um, yet yeah, faith is a gift and it's freely given, but you have to reach out for it. You have to reach out and take it. It's like okay, but in order to do that, I had to believe it's there. I had to believe that it's something's going to happen. I have to, you know, the, the faith has to be given and so that's a thing i know a lot of people have trouble with it but man just read the bible and pray about it and think about it and just let it speak and it just makes sense john 3 3 except a man be born again he can't even see the kingdom of god so you're not born again and you're trying you can't see the kingdom of god you can't you can't even hear the gospel call all right ephesians chapter 2 man i'll be right back i was going to use a different phone and then that phone wouldn't work and so my Bible is right here, Ephesians chapter 2, my fancy editing team, also my, my phone's down too low, so I'm kind of having to <laughs> squat down, okay. um, trying to do 12, 12 minutes here, Ephesians chapter 2, man read and study the book of Ephesians, it, it, at least Ephesians chapter 2, alright, you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, um, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. I mean, you can see that, and that's, so you got to stop following this one, start following another one. Uh, but you're dead in your trespasses and sins, among and these people among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desire of the body and the mind, and were by nature, by nature, children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. So mankind are by nature children of wrath. But some people decide to believe in him. It doesn't say that. It says, but God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses. He made us alive. He made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you've been saved and he raised us up with him, and he seated us with him in the heavenly places, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that's not of your own doing. It's the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus Four good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. It cannot be more clear. However, I read that lots of times before, kind of 
got it. And I don't know why. I don't know why it's such a difficult thing. First um, Corinthians two fourteen. The natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Okay, the natural man. You're not saved. Somebody comes to you to share in the gospel. It's ridiculous. Neither can they know them, the things of God, because they are spiritually discerned. So I had to be spiritual to discern things. You're trying to tell me. You see how it happens? Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of Christ. Holy Spirit working through the preaching of his word to regenerate a heart, to give us a gift of faith that causes us as we now cooperate with this grace because now we want to. Okay? It was an internal call, uh, an irresistible grace. There's no one of the eyes in the tulip. You know, total depravity, unconditional election, uh, limited atonement, irresistible grace, perseverance of saints. They all go together. You can't be a 4.1 because they all fall. They all One falls, they all fall. Okay, so Jesus came on a rescue mission. He's going to secure his people. So a better term than limited atonement is particular redemption. Okay, he redeems his people. There's an atoning sacrifice that's caused that the price is to be paid, that he's able to pay this price to redeem us. All this is Old Testament imagery that was um, clearly taught so we could see the things of God that were going to be brought in through Jesus Christ. Regeneration cannot be merely an act of human will. Um, that's what liberal Christians believe in moral self-reformation. And then there are others who believe, like Charles Finney, that um, you just present truth to people and they're spiritually discerned and then people can kind of um, cooperate with this idea and then they work with the Holy Spirit that's sort of you know, the, a person, this idea is that the preacher persuades, but the Holy Spirit persuades a little bit more, and then some people decide, you know, on their own to do it without this operation of the Holy Spirit to bring somebody back to life. Also, it cannot be based on this persuasion, um, simply logically convincing a sinner of his sin and need for Christ because the sinner suppresses the knowledge of God and their sin, Romans 1 18. So you can't, Belief in God is not a logical problem, it's a moral problem, okay? And since it's a moral problem and a natural man can't see it, refuses to see it, suppresses the knowledge, God has to overcome and something happens, the lights come on, he converts you in from a cockroach to a moth. Cockroaches run from the light, moths go to the light. Um, in John it says that um, sinners will not go into the light, refuse to go into the light because their deeds will be exposed. Uh, um, God must do something to the human heart, to the human will, and the person uh, has to be able to, um, I can't read my writing right here because it's, it's written too quickly. Um, when a person dis discerns, okay, so God has to do something to the human heart, the human will, to make a person discern the things of God to cause a person to be able to see his son and his need for Christ, to cause a person to be able to, to um, cry out in faith um, to Christ. The Holy Spirit is the efficient cause of regeneration. Ezekiel eleven nineteen. I will give them one heart and put a new spirit in them. I will take the heart of stone out of their flesh and give them a heart of flesh. Then they will walk in my statutes and keep ordinances to do them. Then they'll be my people, and I should be their God. See what comes first? Not obedience, but faith. Okay? Faith has to come first. There's no obedience without faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So what was God's um, ultimate purpose in the atonement? And if I were to, if it were only to provide the atoning sacrifice without convincing people and giving them faith, and everybody's going to be condemned because they're sacrificed, but nobody can attain it because you have to have faith. 
Um, if it were to save a people for himself, mission accomplished. Um, all that the Father gives me will come to me, John 6, 37. God did not simply foresee who would come and, he, and then decided to save them. Um, that means that um, he, there's still, and we see that in Ephesians 2, they're dead in their sin. That's what he's going to see without God working um, in people, salvation. Uh, if he just leaves us be, we're not going to, to turn to him. Um, Romans 8, I mean, Romans chapter 9, read that. It talks a lot about election. Um, so God sent his son to redeem the elect. Mission accomplished. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of Christ. Our job is to be the instrument in the Redeemer's hands. We're to be obedient by sharing the gospel to people. Um, you don't know who's going to turn to Christ. There's people out there, and they need to hear Christ. Who knows if in the sovereignty of God he uses your inactivity not to have somebody of the elect. I don't know. I don't want to be responsible for that kind of thing. And I know that ultimately it's God's responsibility whether somebody's saved or not. But it's our responsibility to be faithful in the things that he gives us to do, to preach the gospel, to call people to faith, to um, enable people or to go all over the world sharing the gospel. It starts right out the back door, but it does not end there. It goes all over the world. If you're not, um, if you're not involved in missions in the world in some way, you are in sin. Um, and you need to question your salvation because, man, why would you just watch the world burn when you, 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 you've got the vaccine, you know? Um, God saves sinners. That's the good news. Soli Deo Gloria. To God will be the glory. Amen.